Hi guys, before we start the show, I just wanted to give you a special announcement that Diana and I are hosting a screening of Dream Girl next Thursday, November 9th at 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. If you're at New York City local, we would love to see you there. You can get your tickets at dreamgirlfilm.com slash events. All right, now back to the show. Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell. And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, people aren't confused about why historical Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton wrote a book. Sean Spicer is never seen on TV again. And Issa Rae can root for black people at the Emmys without people being like, all lives matter. Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Diana and I are going to dive into some Beaver Talk exclusives. This just in. Uh-oh. Jennifer Lawrence doesn't need to date her director in order to make the movie worth seeing. Ooh. Jerry Seinfeld is successful enough that Netflix gave his comedy special to Jamie Genbo and Jessica Chaffin, a.k.a. Ron and Beverly. Gwen Stefani is releasing a punk album, not a Christmas one. RuPaul doesn't need to be a bitchy drag queen to be the star of the Emmys. Sofia Coppola doesn't tell Kirsten Dunst or any actress ever to lose weight. Jane Fonda gave me the rights to 9 to 5 so that I can make a remake. Oh my god, can that be a reality? <laughs> oh. Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin at the Emmys was everything. Yeah, my mom FaceTimed me. She was like, you gotta see this. What was the other like award show moment that your mom FaceTimed you during? Um, well, she previously FaceTimed me during the Grammys when Cher was performing, because obviously. I mean, duh. That's one of the funny things. My parents will, like, DVR, um, like, a 60 Minutes interview with, like, Reese Witherspoon. They'll be like, we know you wanted to see this. <laughs> My mom does the same thing. She told me she's saving things on the DVR for when I'm <laughs> home at Christmas. <laughs> I love that. Diana, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. I feel like fall is among us yeah. in New York. It's fall like a total, New York. There's such a, like, joyful grounding when the seasons change mm-hmm. and like despite all of the chaos that's happening in your life mother nature has your back and it's just everything continues there as normal yeah i love the seasons changing and i think new york is such a gorgeous place in the fall you know we have fall television around the corner and it's a really exciting time it's almost like the start of the new year cuz it's so back to school and back to the grind and i feel like there's such a slumbering that happens kind of in the summer that the energy kind of kicks up around fall which is really exciting completely agree i feel like everyone hides in the open on patios in the summer and then we all like kind of get back to our spaces and back to our cubicles in the fall and it actually feels kind of great yeah i it's hard to work when it's like 80 degrees out i don't know how people in california do it honestly i don't know how people in california the chain the not having any seasons would drive me absolutely crazy i would never know where i'm at i would never know like what i was accomplishing or what i was doing or what like i would never have any grounding because everything would always feel like summer Yeah. I lived in Hawaii for three years and it kind of just felt like one really long year because there's no space for what, you know, the regrowth, the changing. It just feels like you're just, what's the word? Plateauing? Yeah. Living day to day. I feel really bad for you plateauing in Hawaii. (laughs) I know. Can we all feel really bad about it? (laughs) 
Um, today we're going to talk about New York, the fall, the shows that kind of use the city as a backdrop. I, something that was really interesting that I was thinking about this morning is that a lot of televisions do this endless summer thing in New York mm. where we only see New York in the summer, like girls, sex in the city. Um, and I thought it was really cool to see, you know, divorce show New York in the winter. I thought that was really fun. And I thought that was kind of something interesting and that definitely differentiated itself. I know I'm sure that show is trying to figure out what it's doing and how to use Sarah Jessica in a way that's not totally Sex in the City Part 2. I mean, it's like clear how you can use her. That's not Sex in the City Part 2. We're just like not going there to actually make it happen. Yeah. Anyways, my thoughts on divorce aside, I completely agree. I think that there's a there's a real beauty to the city going through change and mm-hmm. the sidewalks are just as crowded in January as they are in August because New Yorkers don't stop and there's such a perseverance in this city that we don't act, we don't often get to see in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Gossip Girl is another one for me. Yeah. They've got to give it up to Gossip Girl. for That show flourishes in the fall. Yeah. All of their back to school, the way that they all like personalize their... Um, Headbands, school uniform, headbands, and, yeah. all the Argyle, all of the... Oh, I love that show. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace is another one that's based here. Okay. I'm so excited for that reboot. Agreed. I, like, never thought I would say that about any show ever. I tried to find the archive so that I could rewatch it recently, and you had to pay for it on Amazon, maybe, and I was like, oh, I just don't know if I can commit to, like... Because I have to buy all the seasons. I'm not just going to do one, so... I might commit to doing that. Really? I So I came to Will and Grace. I was like a little too young for it. Mm-hmm. And I came to it at the end. So um, their apartment was already gorgeous. I remember Everything watching was... it in like elementary school. Yeah, see, but I'm younger than you. I know, but even that's like a we- It's interesting that that was, you know, something we consumed. I mean, this is home. why we're friends. It's because you're watching Will and Grace in elementary school. That's the reason why... <laughs> We're able to be in each other's lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I just loved Grace and how she's just such a, she can be such a tragic person from time to time. And I think that I w- in my dream world, I would love to see like Miranda Hobbs and Grace come into each other's world. Wow. Miranda from Sex and the City. Why? I drop these names of people like I know them. <laughs> Why? What about those two? They remind me of each other. We should tell the listeners that you're a Miranda, first of all. Am I a Miranda? Have we I thought decided- you said you were. I, I mean, I feel like I am, but right. <laughs> now you're I also felt like I was a Marnie. I what if Grace, Marnie, and Miranda all came into being and like had drinks together? I feel like Miranda. Yeah, would but never Miranda, be like, what season of Sex in the City? Because I feel like her personality shifts quite a bit from the beginning to the end. Yeah, she's probably the character that grows the most. I would say. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think she's. Miranda. I could see, like, first season Sex in the City Miranda with Will and Grace. She's a little bit more flighty and, like, a little bit less grounded in who she is. Oh, I thought you meant that I was Miranda first season Sex in the City, which for those of you who, like, maybe aren't totally familiar, she is a bitch. Miranda's a bitch? In season one? No, she's not. Totally disagree. She's, like, uh, she's she feels to me like the most responsible one because she has, like, the... Well, she buys her apartment and she's like... Yeah, but I don't think she's a bitch at all. I think she keeps people on the level. She keeps people in the light. I don't think it's in in like a a place of malice, though. I don't think she's like... No, I don't think it's in a place of malice, but I do think it's in like... 
We'll just have to agree to disagree. Anyways, okay. I want Miranda Hobbs and Grace to have drinks together. Okay. Um, that's my dream world. I can't wait for that show to be revived. Elijah from Girls is going to be in it. Which what? Is really exciting. Oh my gosh, what? What? This is news for you? I saw Book of Mormon and I hated it because he was not the star and all I could think about was the lead should be should be him and like wanting to really like it but being like it could be better with him in it. I didn't know you hated Book of Mormon. Why I didn't hate I didn't this? hate Book of Mormon. Again, I was projecting the lead to be Elijah and was like this makes so much more sense and would be so much better. And I when I like listened to the songs and the soundtrack like he was the singer, Elijah. And so then to not have him be the person who I was watching on YouTube, it was a little bit devastating. Right. I mean, original Book cast. Book of Mormon was, was great. I'm happy to hear it. You only saw that like five <laughs> months ago. <laughs> happy we finally caught up on it. Um, but New York in the fall, I think what we're really working around and working up to saying is like, it portrays the city that we love in such a dynamic and vibrant way that I think shows in the summer it can often be a little anonymous. The city really shines when the temperatures get a bit cooler, fall fashion really kicks up into high gear. Um, And I think it's, as you said, I think it's a new year. I think it's a revival. Do you think the city or the way the city was portrayed in media and television influenced your decision to move here? Absolutely. And if so, what, like, what's really spoke to you as a young woman? So, in Calgary. <laughs> Calgary. My young self in Calgary. So You're from Canada, Diana? I'm Canadian. I had no idea. I know. You didn't know. I, you'd have, I haven't really mentioned it. I haven't talked about it. I don't like to talk about it. Um, absolutely. Media was a... I mean, media was the gateway for me to even know about this city. From the very beginning, um, Friends was a very influential show. I know we're looking at each other a little bit side-eye right now. I have a friend story for you later, but... I mean, I think the biggest friend story associated with you is that you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Beaverettes, Aaron doesn't like <laughs> friends. You know, I'll, I'll just tell the story now. I was on a plane um, doing some traveling with Dream Girl, doing some screening Q&As, and I was on a plane, you know, and you're trapped and you're for six hours to California... And I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. I watched Divorce. I like went through all of the shows that I wanted to watch. And I was like, oh, Friends is on here. And I was like, let me give it a try as a person and as a human and as Diana's friend. Let me give it a go. <laughs> and it was the Thanksgiving episode with Brad Pitt. And I was like, great. This is going to be a jo- like a this joy. This is my favorite episode. Are you a... Oh, Shut Aaron. <laughs> I'm so upset. So I watched it and I was like, could barely stomach a full episode. I was like, I just, it's just not for me. And I couldn't, I did not continue to watch. (laughs) Should we just stop everything? It's over. Our relationship is dead. I mean, I'm not like entirely sure what the path is moving forward for us, but I'm going to try to steel myself to make it at least to the end of this episode. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you persevering. That's devastating. I know. I was like really excited. I was like, I'm going to watch it. I haven't seen it in a while. Like, let me give it a go because I know we talked about it. And I felt bad that I'm in this weird loop all. You know who also doesn't like friends? Sal. Why doesn't Sal like friends? I don't Why know. Why are we friends with the two of you? <laughs> brains Literally are Literally the two people who are closest to me in this city <laughs> don't understand the very foundation from which I built my life. Yes, yeah. I built it off of a sitcom from the 90s. Yeah probably explains a lot about me. Mm-hmm. 
So what about, so Friends was one of your cornerstone reasons for you wanting to live in New York? Thousand percent. Would you say it's your number one? Yeah. I would say, I would say there's like this little weird cocktail for me of Rachel Green from Friends, Mm -hmm. Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, and Serena Vander Woodson from Gossip Girl. Yeah. And it's funny because I came to them all kind of like da-da-da-da-da-da. Rachel Mm -hmm. was very like elementary school for me. Um, Carrie, I started watching Sex and the City in junior high. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched Gossip Girl in high school and I mean, by grade 12, I was never more convinced that I needed to be a part of this. The interesting thing too, I think about you and your family is like your mom is like such an aficionado of the city. Like I remember, I think maybe it was one of the first times I met her when she came to visit you and I was giving her, you know, I've lived in the city for seven years and I'm like, you know, you got to go here. You got to do this. You got to do that. And she was like, yeah, we've done all of that, Erin. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, this is not my first rodeo. Like, we know the city. We're here. Like, there's your mom has such a love for it as well, which I think is fascinating. Because my mom does not hold yeah. that space for the city. Yeah. I think I came here when I was 13 years old um, on a trip with my best friend and her mom and myself and my mom. Um, and I... A girl's trip? A girl's trip. That's so cute. We also went to Kentucky. What did you guys do? And why did you go to Kentucky? Because you got to go to Kentucky. Do you? <laughs> we felt the need. Okay. Um, I believe you. I mean, it was great. It was eye-opening. Did you go to Kentucky and New York in the same trip? No. So my best friend lives in Indianapolis. Uh-huh. She grew up in Indianapolis, so every summer I would go to visit her. How are you friends with her? So her dad used to work for the University of Calgary. I don't know if you know this. I'm from Canada. Okay. And they moved across the street, and our moms met walking our strollers one day. Oh, wow. Cute. So. so your moms are friends and then you're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So they moved to Indianapolis because he got a job at a university down there. And then while I was visiting her, my mom was like, I'm going to come along and we'll go to Kentucky. So we literally road tripped through Kentucky. Hmm. Fun. Eye opening. It was amazing. But I came to New York when I was 13 years old. And I remember being in Chinatown buying cheap knockoff Chanel sunglasses. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I was like, I'm going to live here. You knew at 13? I knew. Wow. I've never felt so at home in a place that wasn't my home. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking around the streets and it was very scandalous because my friend and I got to, we were staying at the Beacon Hotel, which is up Upper West Side by the Beacon Theater. Mm-hmm. And my, I love that you remember all this, by the way. Oh, I'm obsessed. <laughs> and my friend and I got to stay in the hotel room while our mom went out for drinks. Mm-hmm. They went out for Cosmopolitans because my mom's fabulous. Too cute. Um. And I remember being like, yeah, get out of here. Like, I want to, like, I was ready. I'm like, put me up in an apartment. Give me my, like, Metro card. I live here now. Yeah. Um, and then reality quickly dawned upon me, and I realized I needed to actually finish School. junior high. <laughs> <laughs> junior high specifically. Junior high was something I needed to achieve in my life. But no, it, this has been such a, this city has been a part of my life as early as I remember. Mm-hmm. And it was so crazy when I got to come here last year with Dream Girl. Yeah. Um, and come here for a project that meant so much to me as a woman. Um, and see the city through that lens was a, an incredible introduction to living here. Yeah. I love it. Especially because I'm one of the reasons why you had to come here. So I like taking up that space of like, oh, at least this was like a part of your journey the whole time. We weren't just schlepping you over here, you know, for fun. Yeah, no. But I definitely felt that. I mean, we obviously talked about you moving down and, 
you know, working for a dream girl and figuring all that stuff out. So, you know, you were part of the conversation and I knew kind of instinctually that you wanted to be here and that this was definitely a part of your bigger path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that one of the very first things that you and I connected on is just the deep love we have for this place. You know, we're such an intentional women in all walks of our lives, but Mm -hmm. I think that there's a reason why we choose to get up in Brooklyn every day. And a lot of people in this city, you know, their work brings them here or it's a job or it's a boyfriend or, you know, they kind of come to this city by happenstance Mm -hmm. or at least not by their choosing. Yeah. Um, And I think that you and I both have been here very intentionally since day one. Well, something we say all the time is that the city doesn't want you. Yeah. Which I believe is a girl's quote, right? Yeah. And I think that's something really interesting to keep in mind is like you physically have to want to be here. Like it's so hard. It's so expensive. It's so you know, you get pushed around and you can allow yourself to kind of dissolve into it. Like you really have to want it to be here, which I think is something that's really interesting about about living here and that I feel like is different from other places in a way. Absolutely. I think that one of the things that you and I talk about is being out of alignment with the city. Like in what other city do you need to be in alignment? <laughs> Nobody talks about like Tucson, Arizona as a place where you really need to get aligned. Like it's, Everyone from Tucson's tweeting us now, like, yes, Diana, we are in alignment. I mean, if you need to feel aligned with your city, I want to know how you get aligned with your city. Because in New York... Um, you know immediately. You know immediately. And I find that when I'm walking around the street here, I feel so energized by it. Mm-hmm. And I feel very lucky for that because there's so many people who live here every day and they just feel beaten down. And they yeah. feel like they are pounded into the pavement by the buildings, by the noise, by the grit, by the grime, by the city. Um, And on days when I feel overwhelmed or I feel emotional or I feel like something's going on for me personally, um, I get a glimpse of that and I get a little bit of insight into that, about what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And I think that this city does have an effect of beating people down, but it also, I've never felt more... like infused with energy Mm -hmm. by a place. I love that scene in Sex and the City where Carrie knocks into that businessman and she's like, you're so busy. (laughs) Like that it's the best city to be mad at somebody at and like to carry that energy because you're just um, that. And I love the the episode where no one can show up to her birthday. Like when you have a bad day in New York, it's like, it's almost like you know it immediately. Like you can't, you miss your train. It's delayed. It's packed. You can't get a seat. Like you know immediately when you're out of sync and then it just snowballs from there to like destroy the rest of your day. Absolutely. My favorite is when she goes to the Guggenheim. And it rains. And it pours rain and she crosses the street and has a Maryland moment and flashes every taxi driver waiting for the light to turn. And mm-hmm. she meets this guy under the awning and she just acts like a total crazy person because she's just spiraling. <laughs> um, and it's just so real. It's just, you know, in such an anonymous metropolis to have that beer interaction with somebody under an awning is hilarious. And I think the writers of that show really, un- I think they really love, I mean, obviously the city as well, but I think they felt those nuances of it doesn't want you Mm -hmm. and you really have to you really have to want to be here and you have to want to you have to honor the city Mm -hmm. when you stop honoring New York it stop it stops honoring you Mm. and I think that I've seen that play out with my friends I've seen that when people like talk shit about New York I get like a little not a little I get a I get very defensive Mm -hmm. um because she is a person to me. Yeah. She is. She is a goddess to me. She's like an energy. 
and I feel very protective of her. Totally. Um, one of the other shows that really influenced me and my love for New York, although I will say Sex and the City was probably when I saw it in high school and then rewatched it all again and again and again in college. Um, I definitely fall under that like basic white girl category of like needing to be and to live and to breathe kind of the energy of what that show brought. Um, but also Ugly Betty was something. Have you ever seen Ugly Betty? I have seen Ugly Betty. I love Ugly Betty. What was it about Ugly Betty that made you want to love New York? I think, well, first of all, her character in that was phenomenal. I loved her relationship with, what was her boss's name? I don't remember. He was great. Although they tried to make them romantic at the end, which was a real miss, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just, I loved her perseverance. I think the idea that like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And for her to come in as like an outsider, not part of the fashion industry and kind of work her way up to like a really senior role for them to start taking her seriously. I loved her career journey. That was something I really related to. And I loved the idea that you didn't have to change yourself to be part of a exclusive industry and you could make it and you know, still hold on to like who you are as a person. And you know what, something that's so crazy is we did our Kickstarter launch party in the, in the office where they filmed Ugly Betty. So we work? No, for, for the Kickstarter. Yeah. For Dream Girl. Yeah. We, when we partnered with, um, a women's organization that helps connect women in tech who I'm totally blanking on right now. Um, but yeah, they threw, they helped us throw a Kickstarter launch party in the offices that they filmed Ugly Betty, which are now an office of like another company like actually works there. But you could see the white domes and like, isn't that bonkers? That's so full circle. I know. We've had moments like this though. Yes. Well, the Paris Theater is one of them. Yes. Yeah. Paris Theater is a big one. Huge. Um, I've always been curious, what initially made you move here seven years ago? Like, what was it that you knew that you had to be in this city? Yeah, you know, I think coming from, so I'm, you know, originally kind of from Buffalo, I like to say, and I was in college there and kind of trying to figure out, like, what the next step is and what the next move is. And, you know, always knowing I wanted to be in film and television and that 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 was the industry that I wanted to be in. And, you know, everyone told me to move to L.A. They said, if you, you know, if you want to be in this industry, that's where the jobs are. That's where you should go. Um, move to LA, move to LA, move to LA, like everyone. And I just didn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I had done an internship in New York in college and had no money. I worked, um, like from seven to seven at like this fashion internship that was like a nightmare, um, that I felt very ugly Betty in and, (laughs) and then worked from like seven to 10 as like a dog caretaker like for this pet shop on the Upper West Side like I just worked like the weirdest jobs the weirdest hours and like had no money and like went out every single night like my with my friends and it was this like the summer of my life honestly and I to your point of like I never felt so at home than I did here and I've lived ever I've lived all over the United States you know, I was born in Alabama, I lived in Virginia, I've lived in Hawaii, like I've lived, you know, in a fair amount of places. And I felt so seen here in a way I've never felt before. And I was like, I don't know, you know, what that means or what it's going to mean for my career. But I just felt like a calling, like this is where I should be, you know? Absolutely. So I actually moved in with four girls in a house 
um, had no job. I had saved up like $700 or something like ridiculous, like no money. Actually, maybe I had two, I had two months worth of rent and like $700 and was like, I'm just going to figure it out. And I packed my U-Haul up. I drove it all night because for some reason I was thinking like New York traffic would be really bad. <laughs> so we drove from like midnight to like six in the morning, which is so stupid. But when you're like 22, you're just like, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. What media did you turn to, like what music or film or television did you turn to to help like ground yourself in the city? Um, this is going to sound really psycho, but I watched a lot of this ABC family show about gymnasts. <laughs> and Why then, am I not surprised? Yeah, and then there's the, there was like this gymnast show and then there was another ABC family show about like a college fraternity and a sorority. Um, that was like to die for and I actually saw one of the leads at Brooklyn once and like kind of had a meltdown but like I'm too cool to like go up to someone and be like I know who you are so I was like oh my god it's Cappy from like ABC Family so I was like who are you I can't with you right now yeah and I watched a lot of um The Simpsons for some reason that was like something that Hmm, grounded me and that I that my aunts and like people in Buffalo used to watch so I felt like it was something home related maybe Sure. Did you, um, did you already live here when Girls premiered? I did, yeah. I was here. It's interesting. To, like, Girls was not formative in shaping my New York identity. Mm-hmm. I didn't identify with Hannah. I didn't identify with Brooklyn. I didn't know where they were. I couldn't, like, get... A sense a, of it all? Yeah. And it's so funny because, I mean, now I live in Brooklyn and now, um, you know, Lena Dunham is one of my favorite female creators Mm -hmm. in the industry right now yeah um and since I've moved here I've almost like like an amoeba I've just kind of like absorbed it into my um understanding of the city Mm -hmm. and I think that that's something that's really interesting for me is thinking back I wasn't a huge fan of her from the beginning um and it kind of took being here for me to get it and I think that that's also an interesting thing with New York is it has this way of it has this way of kind of being undeniable Mm-hmm. in its power and in its influence and in its shaping of the popular culture world. Yeah. I mean, I always liked um, Girls. I, f- I feel like obviously there are seasons that are more favorite than others, but I think it, I think it came out like one of the first years I was here because I remember watching it with um, Ashley and Katie, who were my roommates at the time, and feeling like not super seen specifically by the stories, but just like the love of New York and like being there and, you know, seeing these young women figure it out. And I think especially the first season was such a kind of an exploratory season of like who these characters are. And and that was like really a joy to kind of um, to see. But I also, I kind I immediately watched Tiny Furniture and like got into her as a creator and as a director and tried to find and understand um kind of the spaces in which where she, in which where she came from and that was also really exciting and I think that also added to my lens of girls of just like wow she's so young she's creating like just being in awe of her as an artist for sure yeah absolutely um so one of the things that as obviously is kind of the unspoken thing is a lot of the shows that are filmed in New York often feature New York as this kind of unseen character mm-hmm. this kind of like covert character yeah um it's a thing in sex in the city it's a thing in gossip girl because everything is filmed on location mm-hmm. um it's a thing in dream girl as well yeah and i would love to get into that with you because when i first watched the the initial rough cut um and then obviously when i saw the final cut 
it just like made my heart sing because mm. it was like such a validation of the kind of media that I loved and that shaped who I was as a woman when I was started working with you. You know, I think to be totally honest, I, I think one of the main reasons that we wanted to show New York, and I, I think it was all subconscious. And, you know, I think not to sound like a cliche film student, but like, you know, you do want New York to be a prevalent member and a piece of it. So I think that that piece was intentional. But it wasn't until, you know, I was in Buffalo and I was doing a Q&A and somebody asked me, could you have made this film in Buffalo? Would it have the same gravitas? And I didn't know how to answer the question, honestly, because I wasn't sure. And so I probably just said, you know, I don't know, I'd have to think about it or whatever I said. Um, but kind of reflecting on that, like, I don't think it would have had the same gravitas. I think New York is really, really hard. And that idea that you can make it here, that you can make it anywhere, and the dreams that you come you come to New York with an intention. I think people come here because they want to do something or they want to execute something. You know, I know for me, like I wanted to be, and I still want to be the best director in the world. This is the city that I need to live to get that exposure and to make that happen and to work on the pieces that I want to work. And I've really seen that come to fruition with Dream Girl, like the community of women that have uplifted it, the press that I've gotten. It just, we wouldn't have gotten the kind of attention we've gotten if we were in any other city. And I think when the stakes are that high, it adds something to it. You know, it's, there's something about because it's so hard to be here and to live here and to work here, then to like double down and go after something that's unattainable. I mean, that's a real magical story. So I think, you know, intentionally, I think we wanted to include New York. We wanted to also just take advantage of how beautiful it is from a visual standpoint and to have Mary and Francesca just run around New York. You know, I had them film the Lower East Side, the Upper West Side, the Central Park, like give us the city. Like we wanted to be able to see that. But I think subconsciously, like having the women be here and work here um, was something that was just kind of more instinctual. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes out full circle in the film. It's such a, I always think of New York as a woman. And I think of that film obviously as profoundly feminist and, and mm -hmm. very, you know, women supporting other women. And so there's this kind of like, the city itself is supporting these female entrepreneurs in their dreams. Yeah. Um, which I think is a very cool idea. What stories, what's the number one story you would tell about New York that you don't think has been told yet? Oh my God, what a question. I know. I thought of it kind of as we were, I'd love to say that I thought about this, you know, as we were preparing for this, but I've kind of been thinking about it, you know, as we think about other projects we want to put, be a part of, other stories we want to tell. I think there's so many, there's so many different facets of the city. There's eight and a half million different facets of the city. Mm -hmm. There's something different for every person who lives here. But I think that I'd love to think about like what stories are here that haven't been told yet. Yeah, I mean, something that I've been thinking a lot about, maybe less specifically to the city, but having the city kind of add to the intensity of it is kind of like what it's like to be a single mother mm. and to like live and operate. And, you know, obviously, again, to be here is so hard. You know, the commutes are so long. It's so expensive. You know, to not have that immediate support in your family is something that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about just because my best friend had a baby. And it's like, how do people logistically make their lives work here? when everything is pushing against them to make it not be. So I don't know. Do you have an answer in your brain for that? I don't, I don't even know. I'll have to marinate on that more. I really want to tell. So by my boyfriend's apartment, there's this bodega and a woman 
is always the cashier. Uh-huh. And I would love to tell the story of a woman who runs a bodega. Mm. I think that's so New York. I think it's such a, you know, and maybe like her and her husband run the bodega. You know, that's such a common story that I don't think we've really had the chance to dive into yet. And whether mm-hmm. that's a series or whether that's a movie, I think it'd work better as a series. But um, I see it being like a seven part like mini series yeah. where like the neighbors in the, you know, are coming in and like you get to know their families and they're all part of it but like they're the central cast yeah and just how hard it is to make that happen Mm -hmm. in this city is a really interesting thing um especially because bodegas i mean when the muslim band was happening in new york there was such a community building around your local bodega Mm -hmm. so many of them are owned and operated by um you know people from from muslim countries that were affected by the ban and um i'd love to i'd love to give a snapshot into that yeah for sure i love it that'd be a great story <laughs> i feel like you could sell that to aziz ansari and he could loop it into his masters of aziz none. get at me because he's he i think he has such a love also for new york that is really prominent in his series and the way that they tell you know specifically that one story of the um the immigrants who are the are they taxi drivers and then yeah. they're having that great night on the town and like the the that was a really gorgeous episode yeah they can't get into the bar so they have to go into like a takeout place and mm-hmm. oh my god it's so great also have you seen search party i haven't oh, i need oh. you to watch it i need you to not hate friends so we both have things <laughs> that we need from each other well, so t- and speaking of new york i think brooklyn is such a weird um can almost be a caricature of itself of like the hipster culture and blah, blah, blah. And I have never felt almost more seen in just like my day-to-day life than on in the way that they portray Brooklyn and Search Party. Really? And they, they have this beautiful fine line of having to be very genuine of like seeing like a like a gang at like having a party at on like a Brooklyn roof and like what it means and like the dynamics and socially and you know what people are wearing and then also like they know what they're doing. And so there's this like poking fun at Brooklyn in a lot of ways. And like, they're very, it's a very self-aware show um, and it's beautifully written and it stars, um, who's the gorgeous actress with the freckles from, um, not, it's not Crip Your Enthusiasm. Oh my God, now I'm blanking on the other show. Not a great description, but anyway, she's, she's awesome. The cast is amazing. Um, it's really, really well done and season two is about to come out, so. Please get on season one. It's a joy. It's a mystery thriller. And it's a delight. And you'd really like it. Okay. Everybody needs to start watching Search Party. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) I like how we both just stopped to like stare at each other about that. Because now I'm thinking about other shows in Brooklyn. What other shows in Brooklyn? I'm just going through my list here of, of my faves. I feel like we went through most of them. Yeah. I feel like we've touched on the ones that were like most influential for me. Like I think... Brooklyn really didn't hold a lot of space for me until I moved there. Mm-hmm. I never saw myself in Brooklyn. Um, but then, I mean, the shifting stories of it, the way that New Yorkers have been like Manhattaners. Mm-hmm. Manhattanites? Sure. Manhattanites. Yeah. Um, have embraced it, and it's kind of become this like entirely other place unto itself. You know, this is such a like... It when I first moved here, you could not get a cab to Brooklyn. Okay, so this is exactly it. It's like now when you talk about the importance of Brooklyn, people are like, yeah, duh. But it, it's very new. Yeah, for sure. 
And I feel like... You used the, to have to get in and shut the door and then tell them you were going to Brooklyn or they would kick you out. And once, you're, once the door is shut, they, they couldn't kick you out. So you had to, they'd roll their windows down and they go, girl with the tattoos, where are you going? And you go, oh, you know, and you just have to sneak right in the car and shut the door. The city doesn't want you. It doesn't even want to take you home. <laughs> doesn't even want to make oh sure God, you have a safe ride home. Oh my God, the stress that would bring me at the end of the night of like having to like not be a people pleaser and like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry you have to do your job and drive me like, you know, the, all the guilt and shame around that. It's, it's still, I carry it with me whenever I get into a cab. It's like, is this okay? I'm going to Brooklyn. Not great. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I will say music was a huge influence for me too. Like I, I mean, love rap. I know. I can't and believe we haven't talked about Empire State of Mind. and We haven't talked about Jay-Z, Biggie Smalls. We haven't talked about any of these guys, but that was also very influential to me because I'm a big, big fan of hip hop and rap. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also really shaped my love for the city and the glamour of it more than anything. You know, there's such a glamorous hustle that is talked about in rap. Um, that I really connected to, but also Lady Gaga being such a key performer in the Lower East Side mm-hmm. when she was coming up, the whole downtown scene. I'm really excited to see what they do with RuPaul's show with J.J. Abrams. They're currently developing it. It's all about RuPaul and the club scene and like what that was like on the Lower East Side. I think that'll be really exciting. When is that supposed to come out? <sighs> I don't know. It's a movie? I believe, uh, I feel like it's a TV show. But actually, RuPaul just met J.J. Abrams. Even though this show has been in development, he, like, just chatted with him. Oh, that's probably important when you're going to make a show but, about him. But Ru, Mama Ru said he was excited and he got the vision. Like, he gets it. Mama Ru. J.J. Abrams gets it from the heart of Ru. So, you know, let's see. Don't fuck it up, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams are looking at you. Yeah. You've been granted a gift. Do not waste it. Nope. I mean, that... We're going to be on reviewing that the minute it drops. I feel like I could direct a Star Wars any old day, like a Star (laughs) Wars movie. (laughs) I feel like if somebody gave me the RuPaul documentary or RuPaul, like, biopic, that weight would sit on me like a boulder. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was everything. (laughs) Star Wars fans are like... The history, the blah, 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 the (laughs) da-da-da-da-da. Unpopular opinion, but I'm willing to express it. Yeah. Well, just because it's RuPaul. I mean, can you get more iconic? I know. That's a big one. That's a big one. Good luck, JJ. Good luck, JJ. We're here if you need us. Yeah. Oh, boy. Otherwise, we'll have to give you unsolicited advice after it comes out. Yeah. (laughs) What? Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not looking at you anyway. <laughs> cool. I think we're I think we're good with uh chatting about New York. Do you have any other final thoughts or No, I think it's just while I, we're just staring at each other. I know what just happened. We really fell off with the Star Wars comment. Yeah. Um no, I think it's just I haven't even seen all the Star Wars. I'm okay, I can't th- there's like huge <laughs> blank spaces that we like really need to fill in. Yeah. I don't understand. I haven't seen so many iconic movies. Your brain would explode. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you on your New York wrap-up. No, no. I've been derailed. I've been derailed since the moment you told me you didn't like the Brad Pitt episode. But I do feel like you're going to find community around that because I think a lot of people are going to be like, I hated it too. 
Great. Tweet at me. I want to find my people. <laughs> okay, guys. The anti-friends. Hashtag. <laughs> my heart just broke in two. You know who I am um, totally obsessed with, though, is um, – I like, can't think of anybody's name right now, but um, Phoebe. What's yeah, her, she's What's Lisa her Kudo. real name? Her show. The Comeback? Which, yes, thank you. My God, my brain. Um, is one of the greatest shows of all time. And the fin- <laughs> <laughs> Why are you shocked? We never talked about the comeback. I mean, we haven't, but it's, very, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. It is, and it has one of the best finales I've ever seen on television. Oh, my God. It's great. It's like you just keep dropping bombs. I can't, are you agreeing with me? Oh, our producer's, like, shaking his yeah, head. Yeah, please, don't. Even Kent knows. Right. Like, come on. Okay. No, I, I will admit when I've, like, misstepped. Yeah. I need to get on board with the comeback. It is so good. She's great. It's amazing. It, Rue also, um, never mind. We could go into a whole RuPaul comeback thing, but I won't do that to you. And we will. <laughs> um, what are you excited for? I'm excited for um, ba, 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 so many fun shows finally coming back. Superstore is one that I love. I need to get into it. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Um, there's like a whole lineup here. Superstore, the Kristen Bell, is that her name, show that's on with, why are you making a face? The one that she's doing with the guy who does all the Save the Whale stuff? The guy from <laughs> Cheers? Yes. Is it Super good? Super cute. Super cute. Love it. It's really wonky. It doesn't make, it's not, not Ted that it Danson. does. Yes. It's, it, um, is it called Somewhere? It has a, the what? The Good Place. The Good Place. Thank you, Ken. Um, do you watch that one too? Okay, get into it. Um, it's weird. It's like weird. And I love it. Like it's not a formal sitcom. It's like there it's a bit grounded in like the mysticism. Like they're supposed to be in heaven. And like all this wonky shit happens. Like there's giant bugs walking around and like everything is crazy. And it's like a joy. It's just like an easy fun show to watch. I love it. And that's coming back. So I'm excited to see that. Great. What are you excited about? I'd like to give a shout out to Patty Jenkins for getting Wonder Woman too. Yeah, woo! And being the highest paid female director ever. Ever, it's phenomenal. Ever. So I'm excited for Wonder Woman too. Whenever that comes out, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Blade Runner. Blade Runner's coming out. And I don't know what that is. Every time I see the trailer, what is Robin Blade? Wright can you? What is a Blade Runner? <laughs> what? Is, what is it? So, Can you give me a synopsis? I can't. But Blade Runner <laughs> is a science fiction film made by Ridley Scott. Does it have something to do with vampires? No. <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic world in the future. Okay. And basically what happens... They've done a bunch of them, no? Or just one? They've just done one. Okay. But Ridley From Scott... From like the 80s or something? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know more about this than I do. <laughs> Continue. I won't Correct. interrupt Correct. It's again. from the 80s, and okay. it it revolutionized filmmaking. He mm-hmm. was he was basically using tactics and CGI and all these kinds of things that hadn't been used in film before. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it has such a cult following, and it's been he's done director's cuts, he's done extended cuts, he's done all of these different kinds of things, and now it's being remade with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford. Okay. And Robin Wright oh, to die. Can we just to die? I'm ready. Is she a main character? I believe so. Can she be a main character? She's on the trailer. Okay, that's good. 
I'm excited for that. Blade Runner. When does it come out? October. October. All right. Well, maybe you can see it and let me know if it's good or not. <laughs> I'll take one for the team. It's clearly I'm on the I'm in the unknown. I'm not even on the fence. No, it's gonna be great, and I feel like it's gonna kick off this like amazing movie season. I also just love to see these incredibly fierce women being portrayed alongside their male counterparts like in these movies because there's Mm -hmm. kind of no need to include her in the trailer but she's there because now like there's this recognition yeah um she's great um she's also reminding me of never mind okay you need to go down for it now (laughs) (laughs) somebody needs to swaddle Aaron. oh i was thinking of cersei that's who i was thinking of oh yeah and how i'd love to see her star in something Anything. I mean, she's starting Everything. A, a rather large television series at this moment. But I'm kind of excited for, I mean, with love, I'm excited for Game of Thrones to end and for those women to take on and have really awesome, fabulous, you know. Oh, God. I hope that happens. Yeah, I know. As I said it out <laughs> loud, I said, we'll see all the men and everything and we'll never see these women again. Like, what happened to girls? No, we can, we can, it's going to break the mold. I can feel I'll it. I'll put them on my dream board. Spirit fingers that for they all continue Heedy. to be doing great work because Spirit they're great. for Amelia Clark. Also, did you watch Stranger Things? I did. I didn't love it. Okay. <laughs> That's coming back as well. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. I don't actually remember my opinion on it. You but loved I liked it. Oh, I did love her. Yeah, that's it. Okay. It's like a little take it or leave it for both of us, I think. Yeah, it was fun. I think by the end, the story didn't quite make as much sense as they wanted it to. But I think it was, a, it was fun to watch. And Winona Ryder is spectacular. She was good. <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, have a great week enjoying your movies that I don't like. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kent. Bye, everyone. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn, now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can... This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!